You are listening to the Resonate Church Sermon Podcast. Resonate is a collegiate church planning network in the Northwest. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at resonate.net. Well, hey, Resonate. Uh, it's so good to be able to share this message with you today. Uh, in this series, we're calling uh, Give Me a Sign. We've been asking what it means to discern God's will for our life. Uh, we've been exploring the different ways that God kind of guides us and gives us wisdom and gives us, um, maybe speaks to us in times of, of direct, when we're seeking direction and asking big questions about what should we do and where should we go, God, and what, what do you want for my life? What's your will for me? And in the first part, we talked about the four ways that God tends to lead us and speak to us and give us direction in our lives. And the first one is character, right? God's character. So, God leads us and guides us according to who he is. He doesn't change. He is constant and, and dependable, and we can rely on who he is. And so it's an easy thing for us to be able to look at who God is and ask, um, well, what does he want me to do? And, and we can know that he'll never lead us to do anything that would contradict his character and the kind of character he wants to develop in us. The second way is by his word. That There's so much about our lives that we can discern from the Bible. God was, gave us wisdom and, and clarity and, and commands and, and all, kinds of, uh, all kinds of information in, in his word about how to live our lives and what we should do and the kinds of decisions we should make. The third way is by his spirit. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is what it means to be led by the Holy Spirit, to hear his voice and uh, to respond and to have uh, what we'll call a conversational relationship with God. So that's that's what we're covering today. And next week, you'll hear from Colin about how we hear from God's people, how we listen to and heed the, the wisdom of the community of God, the church of God, the people of God uh, around us. And so these four ways that God tends to speak to us and, and lead us in our lives as we're seeking direction. Um, so again, today we're talking about how we hear God's voice how we hear his spirit, um, and how he leads us by his spirit. And this is honestly a tricky topic. I've been going around and around and, and what to say about this because there's so much we could say, and we don't talk about this very often and resonate. Um, but one thing that's become clear to me is that we need to talk about this more, that, that we need more familiarity with the voice of God in our lives and in our church. And, uh, and it's something that I, as, as I've studied and, and looked at the scripture and what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit, and it's something that I want more in my life. And so that's my prayer for you today is that as you're coming into this space, as you're hearing this, um, just that you would uh, be willing to listen, that you would, you would let your guard down a little bit and maybe just be willing to hear the voice of God in a new way. Because I think the Holy Spirit is always speaking to us. If you know Jesus, if you follow Jesus, he's always speaking. And there's so much we miss when we're not listening. And so that's what we want to talk about today is how to hear God's voice. Um, so um, that really, this idea of hearing God's voice through the Holy Spirit is an interesting thing. It's this idea that there's this inner voice that can guide us, that can speak to us. Um, and oftentimes it feels like a still, quiet whisper of God. This, this, this voice that... that almost feels like it's one and the same with our own thoughts. And yet we, we can discern that it is God speaking to us. And it's a bit mysterious, but it's real. And it has the power to change the way we live our lives with Jesus as disciples. 
Have you ever experienced that voice? Have you heard his voice? Um, maybe in, in what you'd call a Kairos moment, or maybe in a big life decision moment, or maybe in a moment of crisis, God intercedes and comes near by his spirit, and you hear his voice, and he reminds you of truth. He reminds you who he is and how he loves you. Um, whatever it was looks like for you, um, many of us um, may not be as familiar with his voice as we want to be. And uh, and I think when we're looking for direction from God, particularly, when we're looking at um, how to how to discern God's will for our life and where to go and how to hear his voice, um, we can often we often don't want it to be that still quiet voice. Right? We don't want this this quiet voice from God. We don't want a whisper from God. We want a blaring sign. That's why we call this series Give Me a Sign, right? Make it neon even, right? We want God to be like the Kool-Aid man who just busts into our lives and tells us exactly what to do and uh, makes it painfully obvious what, we, what he wants for our lives and his will for us. That's not how he often works. Often his voice is, is small and quiet and still. And it comes in, in these moments where we're willing to be still and quiet and listen for his voice. <clears throat> the trouble is, um, again, we want him to be a little bit more obvious. So I want to look at a few things Jesus says about hearing God's voice and how God speaks to us. So if you look in, in John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus says this. He says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And again, in John 16, 13, Jesus says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. And then in John 14, 26, Jesus says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So this is just three segments, three sections where Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit and how he speaks to us. Okay, there's so much more we can cover in, in the New Testament about from Paul and from Jesus about how the Holy Spirit works and speaks to us. What I want to focus on today is this one little phrase that Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. They know my voice. And if you look at the life of Jesus, um, it's funny, he, he, had, he kind of lived this as, as an example to us um, about what it means to follow the voice of God, right? He says, you're my sheep and you'll know my voice. And then he goes and lives his life in such a way that we can see him following the voice of the Father. Jesus said, uh, you know, that he does nothing apart from what the Father tells him to do. Can you imagine that? A life lived in, in such a way that you only did that which the Father told you to do? It feels like that would require an awareness of what God is saying at almost at all times. And I think that's what we see in Jesus that Jesus seemed to be in constant conversation with God. He, he, he was always listening to the voice of the Father through the Holy Spirit. And that's what he offers to us. And this is what Dallas Willard, the, uh, the philosopher and, and theologian, referred to as a conversational relationship with God. And that's really what we're after, I think, is we seek God's will for our life. We, we want to have a conversational relationship with God where we'd be able to hear his voice and, and know exactly what he's saying to us and respond to it in obedience, right? And, and, and often we think if God would just speak to us, we would do what he says. 
And Jesus models that for us, this life of intimate, constant conversation with the Father. And so today I want to help us take a few steps toward a conversational relationship with God. But before we go any further in exploring what that looks like, it's important that we tackle one of the greatest hurdles we have in developing this kind of relationship with God. Because there's so many pitfalls here. When we try to seek God's voice, when we try to hear his voice and and discern what he's saying to us about our lives, we can get tripped up in a number of different ways. So I want to explore uh, what I think is one of the most significant hurdles to this kind of relationship with God and what it looks like to hear the Holy Spirit. So um, let me tell you a little secret about seeking God's will for your life. You ready? Listen, listen close. 90% of God's will is already crystal clear for you. 90% of God's will for your life is already crystal clear. There's no mystery about it. Okay, let me, let me tell you what I mean. Um, Jesus, or the scriptures, are very clear that we, are ought to, we ought to repent and believe. We ought to turn away from our sin and trust in Jesus, right? Uh, trust in Jesus for new life in his kingdom. That we are to walk in holiness and be transformed into the image of Christ. Totally clear. And you can spend your whole life trying to figure that out. Uh, that we are to love God and love others. That we are to make disciples. That we are to live a life that invites others into the kingdom. And we could go on and on and on with what's already very, very clear about God's will for our life. Right? That is, that is evident. That's, it's already spelled out for us in Scripture. And we could spend our whole lives trying to figure out how to actually live that stuff out. That's all very clear. 90%. I, that's a made-up percentage. But it feels, I think it's re- pretty close. 90% of God's will for you in your life is really clear. But that's not the stuff we think and pray about, right? <laughs> we, we sit around, we don't sit around and meditate on how to do that stuff with more of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, right? We sit around and, and we meditate and, and stress out and, and ruminate on all the practical stuff of life, the, the 10% where we need discernment and wisdom. We're trying to figure out what job to take and where to live and who to marry and how to spend our time and all those things that, that consume our thoughts and our, and our hearts about life in this world. I, I know that's the story for me. I don't sit, sit around and ask God, uh, how do I love you more today? How do I love others more today? Um, how do I love that difficult person more today? I don't do that. I sit around and I stress about things that are centered on me and big decisions that, uh, that maybe God has very little to say uh, anything about. And so we don't focus on the things that are clearer in God's will. We intend to focus on the things that are a little more fuzzy. And when we do this, we can sometimes get ourselves into tricky situations. Um, Because if we're so concerned with the 10% of God's will that isn't clear, that we never ask what he's saying to us uh, about the other 90%, odds are we won't even hear him when he does speak to the 10%. Let me explain what I mean. Uh, let me share a story with you to help you understand this idea. So when I was a sophomore in college, I met a really nice girl, uh, and she was a freshman. She came to campus and moved into the sorority next door, and we started hanging out, and I thought she was really cool and really cute, and so we started dating, and um, and we dated for a, about um, 18 months, and man, I knew, I thought this was, this was it. This was, we we're going to get married. This was 
the, the person God had called me to be with for my life. And, and I knew that God had already called me to plant churches and be a pastor. And we talked about that. And we had this vision for our life. And, and so, man, it felt like God was just aligning everything together. And we were honoring him with our dating relationship. And um, man, everything was going so, so great. And, uh, and I thought, we're gonna get married. This is great. We're gonna. This is this is exactly what God wants for us. It honors Him. It's it's totally in line with His plan for my life to become a pastor and lead people and um, great relationship. Everything was going smooth. And so, um, you know, I felt like my community's on board, family supported. I felt like God was saying, you know, this is this is in within His will. And I'd been begging God, you know, for a sign, right? As we do. <laughs> begging God, give me a sign, God. What should I do in this? Should, should we get married? Is now the right time? And, uh, and I was praying about it, I mean, constantly on my mind, constantly asking God for a sign about this. And um, he wasn't saying no, but he wasn't necessarily saying yes either. And um, in terms of wisdom, it all made sense and he wasn't saying no. And so, you know, keep going down the road a little bit. And, and I think, you know, Seems like all signs are pointing toward us getting married. This is, seems like a good thing. And so I bought a ring. I bought a ring. And less than a month later, uh, we decided to break up. So, uh, yeah, serious turn there in the story. Um, I never even asked her to marry me. Um, and over the course of that month, it became painfully obvious to me after all this, this time in this season of begging God for what I should do and for a sign, it became painfully obvious to me that her and I wanted different lives in the long run and definitely wanted different uh, timelines or different things in the short run. And um, it was just so plain that that wasn't the where, where we should be going. And so I never even asked. And we broke up and um, now we're both happily married to other people and have kids and great lives and God is, has been so good in, in how all that unfolded. But um, again, I thought that this was within God's will. It all made sense to me. But I was so obsessed with finding a sign on this one little aspect of my life that I wasn't even, I, I stopped listening to God on almost every other aspect of my life. And this is often how it goes, that we get so desperate to hear God's voice on a particular aspect, a particular decision, a particular direction, that we stop listening to him altogether. We only want to hear one thing, and so we stop hearing everything. So sometimes when we're looking for a sign from God about a big decision or an aspect of our future, we can get so obsessed with discerning one decision, we stop listening to God altogether. We spend our time talking to God or at God about our circumstances rather than listening for him to speak to us. And sometimes, as, in, was, as was the case in my life, um, we, we'd kind of tune out all the things that God might be saying about the 90% because all we want to hear is that little piece of clarity about the 10%. So here's some things that I think, in hindsight, if I were listening to God, he might have said to me in this season. He might have said to me, you know, Craig, my plan is so much bigger than marriage. You think that's it, but that's just a part. You might have said, you know, Craig, I really want to teach you how to depend on me. 
And you might see the situation in a new light if you dealt with the self-dependence that you're walking in. I was so obsessed with figuring out my life and, and how to honor God with it that I didn't, I, w- I wasn't depending on Him for anything. I was trying to manifest it and make it work for me. And the last thing, you know, Craig, you're so busy trying to manifest your calling that you stopped asking her what she's hearing from me. See, it begins to affect our relationships with other people too. We can get so obsessed with what, with what God's saying about one thing that we stop listening not only to, to God, but to others around us and the way what he might be saying through them. And I think these were, I feel like these are very fatherly, kind rebukes that God might have been saying to me if I were listening. And I feel like he has said to me since then. See, most of us Christians are looking for God to answer to God for answers, for clarity, for direction when it comes to big decisions and direction in our lives. Um, but the Bible paints a very different view of what it means to hear the voice of God through the Holy Spirit. In fact, it, if you look at again, if you look at the life of Jesus, I think Jesus heard way more about the day to day and how to love his disciples and the people around him than he did about the big direction stuff in his life. So what does that mean for us? How can we develop an intimate conversational relationship with God where we're listening to him daily for the small stuff so that we can recognize his voice when he does speak about the big stuff? That's that's what we want to avoid. We want to avoid missing him on the, being so unfamiliar with his voice in the small stuff that we don't even hear him when he chooses to speak about the big stuff. Because we're just so preoccupied with what we think it should sound like instead of what it actually sounds like. Remember, Jesus says that my sheep hear my voice and they do what I say. So how do we become sheep who hear his voice? First of all, we have to understand that when the Holy Spirit often whispers, uh, that, that's a fr- there's a phrase from 1 Kings where it says that God speaks with a still, small voice. Now, I find it interesting that from everything we can see, Jesus, he never had a vision from God. I never had this massive uh, like moment from God. I mean, you could talk about um, the transfiguration, right? But that I think that was for his disciples. You could talk about his baptism when the Holy Spirit descends in the form of a dove. But I, again, I think that was for the people watching. But Jesus seems to have had a constant, intimate, quiet conversation with the Father. You look at Paul, he had visions. Peter had visions. Mary, she saw an angel. But Jesus seems to have just been in such a close relationship with God that he had face-to-face, quiet conversation in a daily way. And that's something that is available to us. You could argue that the closer we get to the Father, the more intimate we get with the Father, the quieter his his communication becomes to us. Isn't that crazy? The quieter his communication becomes. But for those who didn't know God's voice or who maybe weren't listening in Scripture, it, God speaks more loudly as if to say, hey, wake up, I'm here, pay attention. Let me get your attention real quick. I'm going to send an angel and blind you, right? That's how God tends to, to communicate when we're not paying attention. And it's the same way with human relationships, isn't it? That nobody hears my voice in a whisper or a quiet, honest tone more often than my family. Nobody hears my wife speak with an honest, quiet tone more often than me. But what happens when I get sucked into Twitter, right? 
What happens when I'm on my phone and I'm scrolling the tweets? Um, how does she she maybe speak to me? It sounds a little bit like this. She, I'm, I'm there. I am on Twitter, you know, checking the things for the fifth time that day. And what I might hear is like, you know, Craig, are you listening? Are you paying attention? And then I'm, I'll look up and be like, hmm, uh, sorry, what? <laughs> and and I, she has to get my attention. So the tone changes. The tone changes. It's not, it's not this gentle whisper. It's this like, hey, pay attention. Pay attention to me. I think that's how God works with us as well. The Father didn't have to get Jesus' attention. He always had it. And sometimes when we're asking Jesus to speak really clearly, really loudly, really obviously to us, that actually might be an indication that he's already speaking. We can't even hear him because he's, that's not how he speaks to those who are listening. That, that maybe, maybe he, we need to give him our attention before we can hear his voice. Jesus' sheep know his voice and he has their attention. So if you're in a season of seeking direction from God, let me just ask you, are you paying attention to God or to your circumstances? I know in my story and times in my life, I've been so wrapped up in my circumstances that I stopped paying attention to God. So he might've been speaking. I believe he was, but I wasn't able to hear. Another thing we should note is that just as in nature, we can best recognize the voices of people we're most familiar with. So even if it's a whisper, I could pick out the voices of my kids or my wife by the way they talk, the way that they use the words they use. Like I could recognize their voice, even if they're whispering. Um, because I've heard it. I'm familiar with it. I hear it every day in the quiet moments of life. Why should it be any different with the voice of God? If we're unfamiliar with his voice, it will be difficult for us to recognize when he speaks. So developing a conversational walk with Jesus requires that we spend time with him. We have to listen for his voice. So how are you becoming more familiar with Jesus' voice? Write that down journal about that. How am I becoming more familiar with Jesus' voice so that I can recognize it when he speaks? So let me get really practical with us to close this time. I want to I help you guys, give you some tools on how to hear the voice of God. Usually, when we hear God's voice, through our own, it's through our own thoughts. That's kind of weird. Let me say that again. When we hear God's voice, typically it comes to us through our own thoughts. It's a special kind of thought that has the tone, the weight, the, the um, significance of the voice of God. And we recognize that this thought is not a normal thought. This is God speaking to us through our own spirit, through our own thoughts. It could be a thought with words, a phrase, or it could be images that he gives you, mental images. But typically, God comes, God's voice comes to us through our own thoughts. Let me share a few examples of this from my life. One was when I was a sophomore in college, seeking God's direction. I'd just come to Christ my freshman year, and I'm asking him, what do you want from my life? I am fully surrendered to you. I am listening, God. And it felt like he was really clear that, I was, that he wanted me to lead in his church. That's all it was. It's just this phrase, I want you to lead my people. And I didn't know what that meant. And over the years, God has clarified that. But that's been a guiding voice, a, gu a guiding thing that I know he spoke that at that time in life. And so when I need direction, I go back to that. And I say, God, is this still what you want me to do? And, and tell me the next step and what that looks like. The next thing is 
um, there's been times in my relationship with my wife that with Kelly that um, where she has needed to hear truth and um, and I've felt like God has said specific things to me to encourage her to to lift her up to remind her who she is in Jesus to remind her how much God loves her all right so that's another example of what that might look like um, so a specific phrase to just speak to her soul to her heart and she receives that as something that's coming from God, not just from me. So it hits in a different way. And, and the, the last thing is um, when we are seeking direction on where to plant a church. We've been looking at Missoula for a long time and, uh, and thought that was the place. And I was actually driving across the state of Washington to go meet up with Keith and Kelly and Matthew. And we we're going to explore U of M campus. And, um, and I'm just praying, asking God, like, hey, God, would you speak? Would you give us clarity and direction? And I felt like he, I heard the phrase, you need to rethink Cheney. You need to rethink Cheney. That's all it was. And, uh, and I didn't know what opportunity was available. And, um, and in the next month, God opened up some serious doors and it became so obvious to all of us that that's where we should plant. And so it just was a phrase. It just came to my mind. You need to rethink Cheney. Um, really, really cool experience. Um, and so maybe you've had some of those. But I want to give you a framework for how to discern when you have those thoughts, how do you know it's the voice of God? And this comes from a guy named Pete Gregg. He's a pastor in London um, and uh, just really helpful, some really helpful stuff on how to hear God's voice. He calls it the ABC method. Um, so three questions. Is it affirming? Is it biblical? Is it Christ-like? So let me explain what that means. Is it affirming? Um, I don't mean that it always makes you feel good or it's always uh, you know, exactly what you want to hear. Um, what it means is that is it, the question is, is it encouraging and uplifting? So sometimes a loving rebuke can be encouraging and uplifting. Sometimes the most loving thing for me, for my kids is not to let them do what they want to do. Right. And so affirming doesn't necessarily mean giving you exactly what you want. Um, at times it's, it's, uh, it's may, maybe contrary to what you think you want, uh, but it affirms who, what God is doing to make you more like Jesus. Um, and it encourages you, encourages you and lifts you up. So is it affirming? The second thing, is it biblical? Does it align with the whole counsel of scripture? So if, if what you're hearing from God is contradicts the commands or principles of scripture, it's not God's voice. God will never say anything to you that contradicts the commands or principles of scripture. Okay, that's super clear. Um, and lastly, is it Christ-like? So does it point to Jesus? Does it reflect Jesus? Does it help you be more like Jesus? Is it, is it affirming? Is it biblical? Is it Christ-like? So that's one, that's one filter. I want to give you a method. Okay, This is from Dallas Willard. Again, I'm, I'm drawing a lot from these guys that are, have way more experience in hearing God's voice than I do. But I want to bring it to us because I think it's helpful. And again, we need to hear him more often in our church. So Dallas Willard, he says, um, this is his method for hearing from God and um, discerning God's voice in his life. So whatever issue it is that he's praying about and asking God to speak to, he asks, He says, first step is to ask specifically, to ask specifically. So God, what do you want to say to me about this issue? What do you want? What, what should I hear from you? Um, and then you should expect and watch for an answer. He says, set a time limit, two to three days. Give it two to three days. You should be expecting an answer and watching for an answer in your life. 
that God, expecting God to move around you, to, to show you something, to speak to you, to give you a thought. And then, um, if there's no response, next step is to ask, Lord, is there anything in me that would be preventing me from hearing your voice? Is there anything in me that would be preventing me from hearing your voice? And this is so in line with scripture, right? In Psalm 139, that, that the psalmist asked God to, um, to, to show him if there's any grievous way in him and lead him in the way everlasting, right? This is the spirit of that psalm to, to ask God, is there anything in me that would prevent me from hearing your voice? And then listen, listen for that and see what God might say. And that's, that's, the, that's how you avoid that trap of, of focusing so much on what you want to hear from God that you don't hear God on everything else he might be saying to you. And then lastly, the last step is if he doesn't respond, if you don't hear a specific word on what you are asking him to say and speak into, um, then decide on your own. And this might be the hardest part for us as young people with a thousand options for every choice. Um, decide on your own. And Dallas is so helpful. He says, if there's nothing I can identify um, that God might be saying, then I can take that as God's indication that I, just, I should decide on my own. And when God leaves you to decide on your own, you can be sure that he will be with you no matter what happens. I think that is the best news. And I've seen that over and over and over and over in my life. That when God leaves me to decide on my own, when he leaves you to decide on your own, you can be sure that he'll be with you no matter what happens. So long as that choice you're making, again, doesn't contradict his expressed word for you, his, his will for you, his commands in scripture. If it's in line with his will for you as, as expressed in scripture, and you know you're walking in obedience, and it's a non-moral decision, then, then decide. And you can rest assured that he'll be with you no matter what happens. And I think, again, next week you'll hear what it looks like to see community as, a, as another confirmation. Let me close our time. I hope this, that those methods help you discern what God might be saying to you and how to, how to hear his voice. Um, but here's the most important thing about this whole message in the clearest way I can say it. The Holy Spirit is our helper who gives us the grace and the power we need to hear God's voice and obey and live life in the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit is our helper to give us God's grace and guidance to live life in the kingdom of God. And Jesus did this better than any other human. And so we can look to Jesus and, and the way that he was always listening to the Father's voice. He was always in constant conversation with the Father. And, it, and as we watch him and listen to his voice, he'll teach you how to hear his voice. But first we have to be willing to listen to whatever our shepherd is saying. Before we'll hear him on the big stuff, the stuff that we're begging for God to give us a sign on, we need to be willing to listen to him in the small stuff. We need to be so familiar with his voice that we would recognize it when he speaks. Not just what we want to hear about our lives, but what God wants to say to us in everyday moments. Seeking to hear God's voice and seeking his will for our lives is a good thing. But Jesus will not reveal his, his will. He will not reveal his will to those who aren't able or desiring to obey it. Jesus speaks to his sheep because he knows that they hear him and they obey his voice. And what a good shepherd he is that he would lay his life down for the sheep, right? 
he would die for us to show us how trustworthy he is. So let me pray for us um, as we close. And uh, again, this, there's so much more we could talk about in terms of hearing God's voice and, and, and the voice of the Holy Spirit. And so this is just, just, just scratching the surface. And I encourage you to explore this, explore the scriptures, explore other teachers on what it means to hear God's voice and filter that through the Bible. But, um, but I, there's so much richness here for us, church, so much richness. And I want to encourage you to hear the voice of your shepherd. So let me pray for you to that end. Jesus, we, um, we thank you that you are a good shepherd and that we can hear your voice and respond to you. God, I pray that you would speak to us even right now in this moment, wherever, whoever's listening to this, wherever they find themselves, maybe they've been desperate for a sign. Maybe they've been seeking you diligently, but God, maybe they just don't know your voice very well. I pray God that you would speak to them now that they might recognize your voice. God, we live by your words to us. And we open our hearts and our minds to hear your voice now. And we aren't content to rest on old Kairos. We want fresh experiences with your Holy Spirit, with the word of God, with Jesus. Lord, we want to be your sheep. We want to know your voice. And we want to obey you. So Lord, I pray that you'd help us to become more familiar with your voice and that when, when you speak to us about anything, we would respond in obedience and that we would live a daily life of conversation with you like Jesus did. I pray this in his name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Resonate Church Sermon Podcast. If you are a college student in the Northwest, or if you simply want to see college students come to know Jesus, please connect with us by visiting Resonate.net.